Welcome to Dental Bites. I'm Natasha Gillis, your smiling lawyer, and I am Malika Azergun, your dental zero. Malika, I'm so excited to finally introduce our listeners to our Voices in Dentistry series. I know, me too. It's been, you've been talking about us for a while now. I know. And, you know, when we first came up with this idea, I loved it. And just for our listeners, so the goal of our Voices in Dentistry series is to interview different perspectives from different career levels, uh, talking about the different paths that different dentists have followed. So we're really just focusing on the different voices. And, you know, Malika and I have been so busy blueprinting this project, scheduling interviews, looking at bios and photos for a vignette on our Facebook and soon Instagram. I didn't realize today was taping day. <laughs> I know it's crazy, but I'm really passionate about our project. I think that now more than ever, the dental community needs to be inspired um, and get excited. With all of this craziness this year, starting with the craziness of COVID, school closures, um, office closures, offices reopening, trying to kind of get back to business, and boom, we're in third quarter already. I can't believe it. I know. I agree. I'm huge, yeah, and I'm seeing a huge rebound in the different offices that really resume somewhat normal pre-COVID practice. But everyone is a little guarded, which I totally understand. Well, you know, now more than ever, I think we could use some positivity. So with that said, I'd love to introduce our first Voices guest, uh, someone who's really close to Malika's heart, Shore Gassemi. And Malika knows her lovingly as Sherry. So if she slips, you'll know why. Uh, Shore is a fourth-year dental student at VCU School of Dentistry. She is a member of the American Association of Women Dentists. Sherry, <laughs> see, I did it. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me and, and thinking that my story is worth being told. We're so excited to have you. So I'm going to start off and ask you some questions, if you don't mind. Um, sure, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you decided to embark in the field of dentistry. So I would say my background is probably not the most conventional compared to most as far as the path that I took in getting to dental school. Um, you know, just because I wasn't always very motivated in school growing up, so that led me to taking a different route to get to where I am today. I became inspired to pursue dentistry specifically while I was working at a dental uh, dental office, um, at a pediatric dental office for many, many years. And so finally, at the ripe age of 26, I realized that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And at the time, I just had so much fear that I was too old to go back to school or, you know, how was I going to pull this off financially? I mean, could I really do this? Um, but with the help of really good friends and family who supported me throughout the whole process, I pushed that all away and all my insecurities and I just went all in. Um, you know, anyone that knows me knows that Probably my favorite saying, my, my motto in life is, if there's a will, there's a way. And I did whatever I could to find that way. Um, you know, I changed my life around and I moved to Richmond, Virginia to complete my undergrad degree from VCU, Virginia Commonwealth. And after I graduated from that, I realized, you know what, that's not enough. I need to be more competitive. 
So I then packed up, moved to New Orleans to complete my master's in cellular molecular biology at Tulane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mentioned this because I want to say that it wasn't easy moving around from one place to another at that age. You know, I was, what, 30 at that point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not to mention when I had first formulated this plan of, you know, becoming a dentist, I figured, oh, I would just spend four years getting my undergrad degree. Then, bam, I'm in dental school. And four years after that, I'm out. You know, I'm out and working, but that's not how it happened and kind of how life works. It just took me through a different path. I ended up going through school a lot longer than I anticipated. But the moral of that story is I just I didn't give up. And, you know, at that point, I was on a mission. So I think the important thing there is just knowing what you want to do and, and realizing that you just can't give up because something just didn't go as planned, you know, hurdles will arise. Well, speaking of hurdles, um, tell us a little bit, and, and you, you kind of touched on that, but I'm curious, what personal hurdles did you feel you had to overcome specifically to get to where you are now? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so I would say that most of my hurdles that I faced really stemmed from my childhood uh, my parents, you know, fled like many others, fled from Iran as political refugees with my two older siblings uh, due to religious persecution because they practiced a different faith that, you know, was what was common in Iran. And so being immigrants in this country, that just wasn't easy for my parents at first. They had a lot of, you know, had multiple jobs at times, being able to provide a life for us, that was something different from what they grew up with in Iran. So unfortunately, as is the case with many first-generation American immigrants, I had a hard time keeping up with school growing up. It just wasn't my priority. Um, you know, as I previously mentioned, I just wasn't motivated. And truth be told, I kind of hated school <laughs> as a kid. And and maybe it was the county I grew up in. I don't know. But I remember this one story of how I came home one day from, you know, sophomore year in high school. And I had a report card that had 113 days of absences wow. out of what? I think there's like 180 instructional days of high school. Um, you know, not that it's something I'm proud of at all, but you know what? I had all A's and B's on that report card with that many absences. So yeah, I was that kid who fell through the cracks of not so perfect school system. And, you know, I felt like school was just a joke and it just, it took nothing for me to get good grades. So basically because of that, I struggled to develop the necessary skill sets um, and, and to be confident in myself to really excel in a more rigorous academic setting such as a university or graduate program. So I just, I never really tried at first. Um, and, you know, I was always occupied with really good jobs in Northern Virginia and making really good money. So I was just content with that. But once I realized that, you know, my true passion was uh, dentistry and that, <laughs> What I needed to do in order to get to that was go through something which I knew I, I didn't have any skills for. Um, 
it was really hard. And I knew I had to overcome that challenge and probably work harder than all of my classmates to achieve that exact same thing. You know, getting over that and, and believing in myself to, to get to where I am now is probably one of the most things I'm, I'm proud of to this day. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Shora, tell us a, a funny thing or a quirky thing you had to do in school to get past a particular point. Oh my goodness. I have so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's see. I probably, I'll never forget my first semester at VCU. I had enrolled in this course called Invertebrate Zoology. (laughs) And boy, was I over my head because not only did I not care about learning these random facts about aquatic animals, but I had to wrap my head around memorizing these these facts and transcribing these unnecessary details on my exam, which wasn't even multiple choice, mind you. So, I mean, really, knowing the difference between echinoderms, reproductive system versus tunicates, I mean, will that really make a difference in my life? I don't think so. So let me tell you, I was just not prepared for that type of studying. But regardless, um, I knew I had to overcome this weakness and fairly quickly because I didn't have room to fail a course, you know? So um, one night, one evening, I was left alone with my thoughts, staring at my blank wall, and I just started taking pieces of paper and wrote down all these facts that I had to know, you know, big letters, colorful, different markers, and just split things up between the phylums and, you know, sponges, mollusks, anthropods, and the subphylums, and just kind of categorize them and try to use my visual memory and, you know, to, to just sit there for hours upon hours, just staring at this wall to try and compartmentalize all this information. Now, mind you, I, I now know that it's not you know, very efficient mode of studying, but that, that was what I could come up with. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, if I could just see it you know, on my wall, I'm sitting here all the time. If I could just stare at it on my wall, I'll remember it. And so of course, as you can imagine, by the time my final came around, my entire apartment wall was just filled with different colors of paper and writing everywhere. I mean, my friends and family had such a kick out of it. And I just remember being the butt of a lot of jokes that semester. Um, yeah, so with lots of trial and error and many, many, many post-it notes later, I finally came over that hurdle. And I feel like putting in all that hard work then to make sure, you know, I get the grades that I wanted or just learn how to study something as simple as that just really created that foundation for me to be successful now in dental school, you know, it's just, it's paid back in dividends. Um, and if I gave up there in that class thinking, Oh wait, there's no way I can do this. Then I wouldn't be here now. So, so serious, serious question for you, Shorta. Uh, (sighs) Invertebrate zoology. Are you using that information right now? (laughs) Oh my, yeah, all the time. You know, I just sit there while I'm in clinic explaining things to patients and just bust out, you know, about notochords. And yeah, no, I wish, I wish I did. But again, like, you know, at that time, it's funny you say that because at the time I was sitting there thinking, why? 
just like every other person, any other biology student who's sitting there having to force themselves to study all these and all this information that really you're just you're never going to have to regurgitate. You're never going to have to know. And the thing that now I can understand and see is that all of that was just stepping stones you know, learning how to train my brain to just take on that load of information because, you know, dental school, it's not rocket science. I mean, it's not difficult in the sense that, you know, you can't understand what's going on. But the thing is that it's just so much information. It's it's so much, so fast, just, you know, and, and you just got to keep up with it and you have to learn how to be able to just process it all. And I think that's, you know, what those courses that then I thought were just completely ridiculous and a waste of time and money, but really served me in in a much greater good. That's an amazing perspective. I know I had to take uh, some of those type of courses in law school and it was just like, why do I even need to know this? But that's a really good perspective. It's it's for a different reason. It's not what it seems. So yeah, yeah. At least that's what makes me feel better thinking about it that way. Yeah, there you go. Whatever makes us sleep better at night. <laughs> so Shoda, tell me a little bit. Um, what personal challenges do you feel that you have to overcome every day? Mm, um, let's see. Every day, I would definitely say time management um, with you know, the hectic lifestyle produced by all the things expected of a dental student, not having a good handle on managing your time could place anyone, the most smartest person, the most talented person in extreme pressure and eventual burnout. And, you know, whether it was managing my time, having to study for exams or just having a life outside of school while maintaining healthy relationships with my family or just even simply trying to stay on time with my patient that I'm seeing in clinic. Uh, I think that learning to manage my time was probably one of the biggest assets for me as a dental student. Um, Another big one that I think, I know you asked for one, but another big one I think that um, everyone needs to take into consideration is just your overall mental health and emotional well-being, you know. Dental school can be a marathon of just wild, wild roller coaster rides that you just don't see coming. And so allowing myself moments to just decompress and and take time to do things that I really love just helps me handle all the stress that comes with this territory. I think it's really well because I mean for me personally, even time management still to this day, you know, I'm you know, with two kids trying to manage everything. It's so hard. It's like finding that, you know, niche that works for you to manage your time is key. You know, and you have yeah. good days and you have bad days. And it's like going, also, as you said, on your mental health side, not to be so hard on yourself, too, because you're not going to always have a perfect day. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so glad, actually, you brought that up, that you have two kids. There are so many days that I just am in complete awe of, you know, I'm a little bit older, you know, in, in as far as my classmates goes, but we have classmates and, and I saw that as such a you know an obstacle but then I have these classmates to have kids or you know have these little little dependences running around just you know waiting oh, for them wow. to come home or have so much you know responsibility at home I'm thinking to myself oh my gosh like I schedule showers that I 
don't even get to take because, you know, I don't have time. I don't know how these people go home to their kids and still have the energy to study and to, you know, it's amazing. So I really commend you for doing that. Yeah, that's definitely not. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you to want to become a dinner? Hmm. Um, well, thinking way back, I would have to say the short and probably most direct answer to that would be having had the opportunity to work with Dr. Netta Kalitar, a She's a pediatric dentist in Reston, Virginia. That's where I was from originally. And, um, she was no doubt my inspiration in so many ways. Um, I worked with her for many, many years as a dental assistant and office manager. And during that time and through her, I learned a lot about myself. Uh, I learned that I love working with my hands. I really valued the day-to-day interactions with all the people that came through her office. And I absolutely loved the feeling of just helping others. Um, I gained, you know, an immense satisfaction on a daily basis from just seeing her little patients and helping them through their little fears, but also learned that the act of service doesn't just end at the doors of her practice, but can be extended to our communities and even communities abroad through mission trips. Um, I know she, you know, was a big part of Operation Smile and that always inspired me. And you know, every year I've looked forward to hopefully maybe going with her one day on a trip. And, um, you know, fast forward to, you know, last year, the beginning of my D3 year, I went on a mission trip myself to Jamaica mm-hmm. with some of my peers And just having that ability to help these people who otherwise have no real access to any oral health care, it just really helped me refocus my energy and remind me exactly why I decided to completely change my life's path towards learning a skill that would be able to help me touch these people's lives directly. I mean, it's it's a powerful thing. It it really motivates me. Well, that's that's a beautiful story. Um, I love hearing about those sort of um, humanitarian efforts, especially for communities internationally. Um, you know, dental care, I think oftentimes we think of it as a luxury item or something that, oh, well, if you have the insurance or you have the means, you have nice teeth, you have the beautiful smile. But, you know, I think it's, it's a lot more than that. And people who are not in the dental field often lose perspective of the fact that your teeth are an important part of your health. So that's, that's an Absolutely. amazing thing. I love that. Um, Absolutely. Shora, tell me, um, and you can refine this, give me one or three major fires that drive you, your passions, that are burning passions that you live for. Well, I would say the first one that comes off of the bat, and I hate to be a, you know, uh, a bush here, but um, I definitely think that one of my major fires that has gotten to me gotten me where I am today has been my love for service to helping others um I like to believe that most dental professionals go into dentistry because they truly care about others and they have this strong desire to help um you know I find so much satisfaction and passing back 
the knowledge that and, and skills that I've gained over the years to my underclassmen or just being a mentor is just, you know, such a great and inspiring thing for me. Um, it just keeps me going, whether it's through teaching or just simple, something the desire to use dentistry as a tool to help change people's lives um, and ease their pains uh, has really pushed me to great places in life and great experiences. Um, the way that, like we've said, you know, dentistry has the ability to help various communities and not just your own. So you're just really thinking more of like a global aspect and touching so many more lives than, you know, just in your own little world. Um, I would say that is by far what, what motivates me, my passion. Um, other things, let's say outside of dentistry, I would say, you know, I really enjoy doing kind of random things that involved creativity and mostly just working with my hands. I love to create and build things. Um, you know, whether it's these, these are kind of funny and odd, but you know, I love working on cars with my dad. You know, I would always be in the, in the garage with my dad growing up and my sister would be in the kitchen with my mom. So I don't know how to cook an egg. But I could change your brakes and, you know, your rotators. But, um, you know, attending to my garden, working on, like, various home projects. That I just love the satisfaction of seeing the end results of my work, you know. So I guess, and that also, you know, relates to dentistry of just seeing what you could do with something. So, sure, real quick question. Um, your dad, is he in cars uh, as a trade or just for fun? I'm kind of curious. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, so my dad is an interesting one. He is kind of a jack of all trades. He does everything. Um, he actually, so about the whole cars thing, my, my uncle growing up, he owned a car dealership and mechanic shop. So just my dad kind of helped him out and worked here and there with him. But he's just, my dad's just that guy who, whatever we need done, he just knows how to do it. So he's like built a, a massive deck in our backyard and you know, he does plumbing and electric work and, and he's just that guy. Gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. I wish I had those skills. Well, <laughs> well, I wish I could cook. So I guess, you know, the grass is always greener. I'll trade you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to cook either. So. Oh <laughs> but I'm not handy in the garage either. So I don't know what's good I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So um, what is one, you know, advice or thing you would tell current dentists or current students who are just starting out in dental school? Oh, I would say, I would say stick with it. Do not give up. You know, there's so many stories that I could tell you of times where I could have given up and I, and I just didn't. Um, you know, I applied three years in a row. Uh, to dental school at three different, you know, three applications. And let me tell you, it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap to apply to dental school. I'm sure many of your listeners who have applied or are applying know this and um, can understand that. But, you know, I applied three years. I had really good DAT scores. I finished my master's with a 3.9 GPA. Mm-hmm. I felt like my application was solid. You know, I thought I was getting in. And I just didn't understand for the life of me why I wasn't hearing from any schools um, the first two times. But finally, lucky number three came around and I got interviews. And, you know, if you love it, don't give up. It'll it'll come to you. You know, there's no way you can try really hard at something and not get it at the end. Um, 
I would say on that note also of not giving up, you know, first year of dental school can be really, really hard. It can be quite the shock to your system. You know, for instance, some people may not have that hand skill immediately and it can really deter you at times in that first year, making you think that, well, you know, if I can't carve a tooth out of a big block of wax, then how am I going to do a filling in a couple of years, you know? But that actually isn't what determines if you're a good dentist or not, you know? So don't give up, go through it. The hand skills will come over time, just like any other new skill that you're developing. Um, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it burns bright. You just, you just got to stick with it and roll with the punches. I love it. So Shara, now that we gave that piece of advice to dental students in your current shoes, what's one thing that you want your experienced dental colleagues who are in practice right now, what do you want them to know? Um, well, I, you know, it's maybe less of what I want them to know is, and more so just what I appreciate of what's already happening. Um, you know, I personally really enjoy reading dental blogs and having access to Facebook dental groups that create that, that are created by these experienced dentists um, because these posts are used for the betterment of ourselves as future practitioners and for our patients. You know, uh, just I'm just so appreciative of these groups that create a safe space for collaboration and the ability to share ideas, lessons that they've learned by their own mistakes, um, pearls, you know, it's just such a humbleness to it and, and a sense of community and camaraderie that I see through these avenues. That's just so inspiring and motivating. And I just hope it continues and, and don't stop. It's, it's appreciated. That's, that's really inspirational to hear. I know sometimes, especially with Malika and I being a group moderator for our what we call our business study club, empowering business women in dentistry. That's something that on our end, non-clinically, our goal is always to give back and to make sure that our members feel like there's a value. So it's really uplifting. And I thank you for that feedback to know that people are watching and listening and engaging. And it's, it's really nice. And especially for the clinical side, I can't imagine how difficult it can be and how many unique cases you must encounter. So I can definitely see that as being invaluable. So thank you for that feedback. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Well, sure. Our time is almost up. Um, you know, I, I really do want to thank you again for talking to us and letting us hear your voice. Um, you are truly an inspiration for a lot of aspiring dentists. And I thank you. Well, thank you. I, I just I love how you have a lot of grit and you really highlighted, you know, that others are important in your career development and growth, but you have what it takes. You have that self-propulsion as well. And you've you've managed to keep yourself motivated and and really engaged. And it takes true character. It takes a lot of character. So thank you for thank you. For that. Thank you so much. Thank you to the both of you for allowing me to share my experiences. You know, this yeah. has really thank served you for as opening a up and sharing some personal information with us. I know that's not easy sometimes. You now, and I, you know, you're you're definitely inspiring so many people that will be going to be listening to this. So this is really important. Um, definitely keep in touch because when you finish up school, I'm sure we'll be seeing each other. 
Absolutely. And we'll have you share your um, contact information to the extent that you're comfortable on our Facebook page. And I'm sure you'll probably get a flood of emails. So be careful what you ask for. (laughs) Don't get me excited. (laughs) Well, thanks everybody for uh, tuning in. We're going to post Shura's story on our Dental Bites Facebook page with a link to this podcast and encourage our fellow D4s to join our Facebook group, Empowering Businesswomen in Dentistry. Shura, you're part of that group. Um, I'll include all of our group information on our podcast description for anybody who wants to get engaged. And we're also doing vignettes from other dentists who will be sharing their stories as well. So until next time, this is Natasha Gillis, your smiling lawyer, and Malika Azargoon, your dental Zorro, signing off. Thanks again. Oh, 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 oh,